We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, happy football Friday, everybody, on Home and Home. It's week 17 in the NFL, which is also the weekend ahead of Black Monday. How many coaches are out of a job come Monday and a savior for one NFL head coach and their GM. We'll also talk to Corey Majors, 105.3 The Fan. Can the Cowboys back their way in to the postseason? Home and home, radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You got to check them out for 2020 where you're finding a job. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut, Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania, again into the home market of the Dallas Cowboys shortly. And we start with the Christmas spirit in the NFL, Ross. Lamar Jackson, the likely MVP, a very generous gift this Christmas season to the offensive linemen. He gave them Rolex watches. You being a former offensive lineman, best gift you ever received from a quarterback. Oh, you know what? Um, back-to-back years, Drew Bledsoe gave us awesome gifts. I don't know if I can decide between the two. The first year in 03, and by the way, just so people know, Dave, do you know that only the starters get the gifts? I was going to ask you that because I have actually seen situations where there is not, that is not the case, where even recently a guy just signed off the practice squad on the two deep, and I can't recall the name, he too got in on the gift action. Yeah, so my first year, I didn't really play, so I didn't get anything uh, with the Redskins. My second year with the Cowboys, I started the last seven games, got my first gifts ever. Not from quarterback Chad Hutchinson. I don't think he got us anything, but from Emmett Smith. Uh, the funny part about that, Dave, is it was all Emmett Smith promotional merchandise. It was an Emmett Smith all-time leading rusher bottle of wine because he broke the record that year. It was an Emmett Smith all-time leading rusher book, and it was a signed jersey. From Emmett Smith. I think I ended up getting framed myself. Oh. It was not framed. So, uh, you know what? It was a gift. Uh, it's just kind of funny that it was all Emmett stuff. I love Emmett, so I'm not mad at him for it. Um, but then the next two years, Drew Bledsoe, man. God bless that guy. So generous. 2003, you know, I started the last five games. So I think he gave it, you know, most NFL teams have nine offensive linemen on the active roster and then a couple more on practice squad. And typically you got to start a few games to get the gift. You know what I mean? Like if you're just on the roster, you're not getting it. But no, three, I started the last five games at right guard and Drew Bledsoe gave us airline tickets Um up to $1,500 each, two of them. So when my wife and I got married, we went to Hawaii on our honeymoon and we used the ticket vouchers from Bledsoe. 
1500 bucks each, man. So that was three grand. It almost paid for our entire Hawaii flight round trip for our honeymoon, which was great. And then the next year, 2004, he gave us an unbelievable gift. He gave us Motorola Droid Razor flip phones in 2004. Those phones, Dave, were $500 with a two-year commitment. He got the phones for us. And not only that, he paid the bill unlimited minutes for a year. Well, what happened was, so there's two funny stories from that. Number one, right after I got the phone, I was driving home from work. I called my mom and she answered the phone and said, hello. I said, hi, mom. Why, why are you acting so weird? She said, oh, the caller ID said D blood cell. Um, so I might have told you that story before, Dave. And then of course, <laughs> Mrs. Bledsoe, uh, like three years later, Mrs. Bledsoe called up and said, uh, Ross, the, the gift is over now. He had never like, it was just on Drew's credit cards. So I paid no cell phone bill for like three or four years, dude. It was uh, crazy. Finally, she called up and she's like, Drew doesn't have your social security number. So he can't get his credit card off of your bill. I said, no problem. Tell him I appreciate, tell him I appreciate how generous he was. So I did that. So I called and put my own credit card on finally. But dude, I got to wonder if some of the other guys ever even called her back or ever took Drew's credit card off their account. He probably had to get a new card because some of those guys were not uh, like me, I guess, in terms of, uh, being appreciative. They literally, this is back then, Dave, where like they just finally started having games on your phone, you know, like really rudimentary games on your phone, like, or like ringtones you could download. Some of the guys downloaded everything you could possibly download. Like, and it all costs money. They just, everything you could have on your phone, they put on their phone. That's messed up. I, I wonder how this tradition all got started. One thing that jumps out to me this year beyond the obvious of Lamar Jackson and the Rolexes is that Eli Manning, who made four starts this year, he got the offensive lineman gifts. And now I don't know how much a Yeti Hopper M30 cooler costs, but it doesn't sound cheap to me. That's a hell of a gesture. I, I, I hate this as a guy who's never really had a Christmas bonus in my life. I love the generosity of the NFL quarterback, but the only bonus I can remember in my entire broadcasting career, and you'll find this hysterical, was a ham. When I worked in South Dakota for $15,000 a year, I remember getting a ham, and quite frankly, I remember actually being pretty psyched about it. Little did I know that was pretty much it for Christmas bonuses don't really happen in broadcasting. So I'm kind of like uh, Griswold every year when he didn't get the Christmas bonus and thought he might have to sacrifice the pool. I get a little bit angry when I see these elaborate Christmas bonuses every year. Like what? Well, the, the very things we just talked about. What? It bothers you that these guys give them gifts? No, it just bothers me that I never got one. I, I, I just... No, no, 
I, I wish I had someone to just take care of me the way that, that, that the quarterbacks today take care of their offensive linemen. Love their generosity, though. Lamar Jackson giving out Rolexes but not playing in Week 17. No reason to play. Week 17 is all set for them. They've got the number one seed throughout the playoffs, which means – our old friend RG3 taking the start for Baltimore. What do you expect from RG3? You have some interesting questions ahead of their final game. I do, but before I get to that, real quick, uh, I didn't mention this, but in 2004, Dave, Terrence McGee made the Pro Bowl as a kickoff returner, a DB in Buffalo, and I was on the kickoff return team. He had at least three touchdowns. He was unbelievable. So he got us all Movado watches. So I actually got four Christmas gifts over my time, including one from a kickoff returner because he made the Pro Bowl, which was a decent amount of money. But to, to your point about Lamar Jackson's Rolex or Terrence McGee's Movado watch, I don't wear watches. So I went to the mall where he had bought them. He told me where he got them. And I exchanged my Movado watch, manly watch, for a more feminine watch and then gave it to my then fiance, now wife, for a Christmas gift. And I thought that was like a great story. And I tweeted that the other day and I got killed for people for it. They're like, you can't do that. And then you admit it publicly. Why would you? That's awful. Did I do something wrong here, Dave? I would not have admitted it publicly. I probably would have done the exact same thing as you, but I certainly would not have admitted to it. But though I do applaud your transparency. What, but wait a minute. What, why not admit to it? What's the problem? It just sounds ungrateful. Um, to me, it's like the opposite. I talked to Terrence about it. I said, this is so awesome, man. I really appreciate it, but I don't really wear watches. But this would be an unbelievable gift for my fiance. She loves watches. Thank you so much. This is the best gift you could have given me. I'm going to exchange this. I didn't know I was going to get her. He seemed happy as could be because I was so happy. Like I was so fired up about it that I was going to get an awesome gift for my fiance and have to put any effort into it or pay for it. I was so jacked that he was jacked about it. I don't know that he was jacked about it. I think you really caught him off guard with that, and he was just playing it off. I don't think that's a gesture he appreciated at all. I think he just wanted you to be grateful. Like, I would take that watch even if I never wore it. I, I would take it like, like the sweater that my grandma was so excited to get me or like the shirt that my dad gets me every fucking year that I'm never going to wear you know what? I'll probably wear it when I'm around him next holiday season to make him feel like he's got some good taste and I appreciate the gift. Other than that, it's back to my drawer the other 364 days a year. And that's how I probably would have played off the watch. Yeah, that that is stupid. That's inefficient. And I earned that shit. He was in the kickoff return Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl because I helped block and put my neck on the line. So if I want to get my damn wife an awesome watch, I'm getting her a watch. Thank you, Terrence McGee. And I, you mentioned RG3, Dave. I am very curious. And I don't know that other people feel the same way. But I want to know, like, does Greg Roman run the same offense with RG3 and Trace McSorley? 
on Sunday against the Steelers that he's been running with Lamar Jackson. So number one, I'm just intrigued to see if the Ravens run the same offense. Number two, I think everyone is a little curious to see how RG3 can do. But number three, like, what does it say about Lamar Jackson if RG3 and Trace McSorley have a bunch of success in that offense against an awesome Steelers defense? I mean, it says something about something, right? If, in fact, it's anywhere close to what we've seen for the prior 16 weeks, yes. It will not be that anything close to it. It won't resemble the brilliance we've seen the last several weeks. No way, no how. It will, in fact, remind us of the greatness and of the brilliance of Lamar Jackson that RG3 can't come close to doing what he's done this last several weeks. No chance he goes out there and makes anyone think, oh, is Lamar Jackson that great? My question is actually turning back the clock and remembering how brilliant RG3 was and how much of a game changer theoretically he was going to be. The same way we felt about Colin Kaepernick. My question is, how long can we see this type of greatness continue from Lamar Jackson? Will it be a, a one, a two, or a three-season phenomenon? Will it change the game? Or is this just a once-in-a-generation athlete? It won't necessarily change the way we evaluate quarterbacks because we might never see an athlete like Lamar Jackson ever again at the quarterback position, at least in my estimation. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I would like to see Kyler Murray in the offense the Ravens are running. I would like to have seen Michael Vick in the offense the Ravens are running. I would have liked to have seen Kaepernick when he was in his prime in the offense the Ravens are running. Same with, for that matter, we did kind of see Kaepernick on some level, and he was electric for a while there. Uh, even RG3 when he was healthy. Um, I think Lamar Jackson's the MVP of the league. I think he is a unique talent. I, I'm not going to go there with generational. I do think that the system that they're running is a big reason for the success. So I'm, I'm really excited and interested to see how RG3 performs. You know, it's kind of like Dave, what I've always wanted to see, which is, you know, Brady, when he's done, see how well Belichick can perform in New England. I can't, you know, because at least then it gives us a better idea of how much was Brady, how much was Belichick. I kind of want to see how well RG3 and mix. Look, if RG3 gets shut out and gets his ass kicked, that will really speak well to Lamar Jackson. Yes. And to your point. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. The Ravens, by the way, Dave, doing the right thing and not having Lamar Jackson play on Sunday. I have always been a big proponent of sitting players, resting your top guys, not subjecting them to injury when you have your seed locked up, but evidently not everybody feels that way. I mean, Bill O'Brien's acting like the Texans are going to play. Even the Buffalo Bills, Dave, are locked into the number five seed, and Sean McDermott has said that Josh Allen will start the game. I, I find that stuff fascinating. I mean, if Josh Allen gets hurt in the first quarter, can you even imagine? I, I – I would never do that. I would not subject my players to further wear and tear and certainly not subject them to that injury risk. But evidently some smart football players 
or smart football people don't agree. Yeah, the game's too violent. There's just no way you can do what Bill O'Brien is suggesting he might do, and I'm not buying it. I think this is some type of gamesmanship. I don't know what it really accomplishes or buys him in this final weekend, but there is no way, no how, you can play a guy like Deshaun Watson who's just been hammered. Now, in, in part, his fault, because we've seen it each and every week where he holds onto the ball for an eternity back there and brings on several of the sacks. But no question, Bill O'Brien, no question, has to sit these guys down. Maybe they play a, a series or two, treat this like the preseason, and the same thing goes for Buffalo, especially the way uh, that both of those quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, don't just take sacks, but love to run around, love to try to pick up some first downs and don't always hit the slide button. Can't imagine either of them is going to take that type of a risk. At least those two teams are playing for something. Not everyone is. And there are several teams that might just be playing for their coach's future because Black Monday is the upcoming Monday. How many coaches are out? Well, we've already seen a couple go down. I'm guessing Ron Rivera gets one of those jobs after being let go by the Carolina Panthers. Gruden will not probably find himself with the head coaching job after being let go by the Redskins. The news this morning on Black Monday is that the Atlanta Falcons are going to hang on to Dan Quinn. And I think that's the right decision. I think that's a guy you've seen get to a Super Bowl and have what seemed like an insurmountable lead in the Super Bowl. You've seen them almost climb the mountaintop, although it did have Kyle Shanahan as an offensive coordinator, and we haven't seen that type of success since he left. On the other hand, I don't buy this bullshit argument about young quarterbacks need stability, and that's come into play with two situations. One, Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens, and the other being Danny Dimes and, and Shermer with the New York Giants. What you're hearing locally and what I'm reading nationally and hearing on the radio is young quarterbacks need stability. They don't want to switch out offensive coordinators and head coaches several times in their first couple of years. Nothing is worse than stability of mediocrity. Make a change, make it now, unless you're seeing some reason to hang on. And I don't see that reason with Shermer. I certainly do not see that reason with Freddie Kitchens. Nothing, my friends, is worse than holding on to someone who has no vision, who is mediocre, and doesn't instill leadership in the locker room and on that football field. These quarterbacks will be much better suited if you move on now and get somebody in there. If you if you are Cleveland and you can get Ron Rivera, you run. If you can get Lincoln Riley, you run to him. Fuck stability. You need the right leader. Go back eight years and ask me if the Dallas Cowboys would make a different decision. They've had stability, and they've had stability and mediocrity. Where do I have it wrong? You don't have it wrong. Um, I think stability is nice but not as important as getting a more qualified, better person in there. I think we've talked about this before, Dave, but, and I tweeted this, at Ross Tucker NFL, he's at Dave Briggs TV. We are at RDC home and home. Hopefully you guys are already following us on social media. But if you asked 100 football people, okay, literally 100, and you said next year, 
your coach can either be Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy, Freddie Kitchens, or Pat Shermer. Literally not a single person would, would vote for Freddie Kitchens. Maybe one for Pat Shermer or two, but not many. I think it'd be split. I think Ron Rivera would probably get the most votes. But my point is, why would you keep Shermer or Kitchens if guys like McCarthy and Rivera are available and they're proven commodities? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I still have questions about the coach-quarterback relationship going back in time with McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. It seems like he's going to get a job, like he's done a lot of reflecting on it. But I think that's a very volatile situation pairing Mike McCarthy and Baker Mayfield. But maybe if he's towards the Giants side of things, I suppose I could see that situation working out. But having a volatile quarterback with a coach like McCarthy that's had relationship issues there, I don't think anybody wants to see that situation explode again. But look, Baker Mayfield needs leadership, needs discipline. Maybe Greg Williams was the guy instilling that. I'm not entirely sure, uh, but it'll be interesting. And who else do we look for? Jason Garrett's probably out of a job. We said Quinn keeps his job. Uh, who else do we look like doesn't hang on? How about Marone in Jacksonville? Is he back? I got to think he's gone. I mean, that would be a stunner if they brought him back. I know that they said that Coughlin might be the only change that would surprise me. I wonder a little bit about Anthony Lynn yep. with the Chargers, with them going into a new stadium, if they feel like they need a big name out there after a disappointing year. Um, I think in the NFC, I think most of those guys are probably safe. Patricia's going to be back. We know the Redskins is already open. Uh, we know that Nagy will be back. Arians will be back. Quinn's back. Kingsbury's back. So really, it, maybe there won't be as many job openings as we would have thought. Because I would have thought a couple weeks ago that perhaps the Lions, the Falcons, and we'll see what happens with the Jags. It'll be interesting. Week 17, then Black Monday is here. We'll see how many head coaches are out. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about the Jason Garrett situation with Corey Majors from 105.3 The Fan. He'll also break down the Dak Prescott situation. Is he headed for an inevitable franchise tag, and what do they feel in Dallas? Do they truly want their team? to back into the postseason. What are the fans saying down there in Dallas? We'll hear from Corey Majors, 105.3 The Fan, after a quick break. But first, Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. Then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too. By signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones. Then find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised. She found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder 
four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Quick break and Corey Majors, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Backing in to the postseason. How do you feel about it? As a fan of an NFL team, that's the scenario for the Dallas Cowboys, who at seven and eight host the Redskins if they win and the Eagles lose to the Giants. That's the glorious scenario for the most interesting team in the NFL this season. Let's talk about it with Corey Majors from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Corey, good to talk to you, Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. How do you feel? How do the fans feel about the prospect of backing in? I heard Sean and RJ initially after the Philly game say it would be like rewarding a kid's tantrum and then taking them straight to the mall. They didn't want to see it. Oh, man, uh, what a way to look at it. Uh, I, I, I disagree with them a little bit because I think experience in the playoffs is important no matter what. You have a relatively young team. I know some of the offensive linemen are aging, and uh, you know Dak is a four-year veteran now, but I think that quarterback needs all the experience he can possibly get. I think Michael Gallup could use all the experience he can get. There are guys on the defensive side of the ball that definitely could – uh, get something out of the playoffs. I kind of do the same thing with the Mavericks. If the Mavericks had kind of just snuck in at the eight seed this year, I would have thought that was perfect, even if they got blown out by whoever the opponent was, because I think playoff experience is is huge. So, so I think just getting in is important. Uh, but I, I agree, this regular season has been very lackluster. Uh, you haven't gotten what you wanted out of the team. Although, if you look at what they've done offensively, they've been the best they've ever been. They're plus-minus. Gil Brandt posted that the other day. Their plus-minus is ridiculous compared to what they did last year. So they, they've done some things well. Finishing and winning has not been their forte this year, and uh, and that's been a problem, especially with you know coaches' job on the line, a big contract for your, your quarterback. So I, if, when it comes to backing into the playoffs, I think it's super exciting. And I'm, I'll be the, uh, the optimist in this. I think it's super exciting that you have two teams playing at the exact same time and neither team knows uh, you know, what the outcome is going to be uh, beforehand. So you're going to get the best football you possibly can as they're playing two poor opponents. So here's the question, though, Corey. How do the fans feel about it? Like, are they all – really clamoring for the Eagles to lose so the Cowboys make the playoffs and who knows, maybe they go on a run or 
Are they hoping the Cowboys lose or the Eagles win so that the season? Uh, just Ross, over you know this uh, this fan base here really got into team building as we, uh, especially for for like our station, uh, we our our draft coverage is bar none the best in in DFW. You're not going to find anything better. And we have uh, some former scouts. We have guys that have devoted their time to scouting. And so when it comes to draft coverage, it's awesome. So as soon as one of those guys says, hey, it's time to start thinking about getting that number 15 pick, everybody changes their their transition to, okay, we should have been tanking all along so we could have Chase Young or uh, one of these other quarterbacks or, you know, CeeDee Lamb. So it, the, the fan base is kind of fickle in the mindset of, all right, we we love the idea of the playoffs, but what kind of pick can we actually get? And I think they're really frustrated. Apathy ha- hasn't quite set in because they're they were mad. But I think this team and we asked this question uh, earlier in the week: Where are you on the uh, on the death chart? Uh, you know, or the grief chart? Where are you right now? And I think everybody's kind of hit the point of acceptance, and they're ready for commitment. And that's the next. That's the last stage. When you get to commitment, you're like, okay, but the commitment's going to be to maybe an Urban Meyer, maybe a, a Lincoln Riley, not a commitment to Jason Garrett. That's where the fan base is right now. They've accepted that this team is has run its course, and they're ready for something new. Talking to Corey Majors, 105 through the fan in Dallas. Just to be clear, there is no scenario in which the Cowboys do back their way into the postseason, maybe win a playoff game, and Jason Garrett stays. I... I don't see one. I mean, how do you fire a Super Bowl winning coach? All right. So if you're saying no, no way, I I just, I don't know how you would say, all right, that's gotten to its point. Maybe Jason Garrett would say, all right, that's it for me and pull a Bill Cower and say, I'm, I'm done. I got my Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on from this. And maybe Jason Garrett doesn't want to coach anymore. So, you know, they're for the Cowboys specifically. Maybe he's like, look, I've I've got some of the power, but some of these things just don't work for me. So I think that's a question that a lot of people have been asking is, does, have you gotten the best out of Jason Garrett this year in a year where he his contract's on the line and, and his legacy with the Cowboys is on the line? I don't think you're ever going to get any more or any less out of him. You're just going to get the same consistent thing. I just don't think he's transcendent as a coach. And so whenever whenever you say, uh, what, could he win a Super Bowl? Maybe. Uh, that's a possibility. And would he come back? Why, why would the Cowboys not want a Super Bowl winning coach on the, uh, to, be, to be at the helm? So that's the only scenario I can see. That's the only one I can think of. Otherwise, I think that seeing the way this team has gone throughout the, se- the season, they haven't lived up to what I think their talent is. I think, that, I think it's pretty much a, a, a foregone conclusion. Corey, I don't really understand the Garrett obsession. I mean, his contract's expiring. They've clearly underperformed. It's obvious he's gone. Like, I just don't understand where it's like people are just foaming at the mouth for him to be fired, which isn't going to happen because they don't have to fire him because his contract's going to expire. But it's it's, it's like an obsession down there and nationally – they're obsessed with something that's inevitable. Um, it's I don't it's it. partially because they just sit there and uh, watch Bill Belichick do what he does year in and year out, and we dream back to the days of Jimmy Johnson, and we could have had that for you know for our entire lives if they would have just stayed together. So it's that ex girlfriend, better girlfriend scenario that's kind of in your way a little bit. Um, but with Jason, you know, he's not 
he's media savvy to the point where he doesn't ever give the media anything. You know, so whenever he brought up Dak's arm, you knew it was serious because he never tells you anything. And, and, but he doesn't, he's not, he's not that most outgoing guy. There's, he's very robotic. And whenever you win, that's fine. Like Belichick can do that. The coaches that win and give you those kinds of answers in the media, that they get that pass, right? We, we're, we're like, okay, that's fine. But whenever they're not winning, whenever it's, you know, eight and eight, pretty much your whole career, that's whenever people have problems with it. Because the team, you can say underperforming, well, whose job is it to get these guys to focus? Is it, is it on the players? Is it on the coaches? And why have, has the team been so inconsistent? And with a, a, a fairly young roster, a lot of a lot more people are more willing to give the players the benefit of the doubt rather than the coach that's been here for 10 years and had two playoff wins. Yeah, so my counter argument to that, and again, yeah. he's gone. Like we all, we all agree with that. He's gone. But the hate, I think, is a little much. Like just look at his last four years, Corey. 2016 with a rookie quarterback, 13 and three, you know, number one seed got to the divisional playoff. Rogers made a nice throw to beat him the next year, nine and seven, which isn't great, but isn't bad. And they were behind the Super Bowl winning Eagles. So it's, it would have been hard to win the division that year. Last year, 10 and six, win the division, win a playoff game. It just, it's weird to me how much people hate him and act like he's the worst coach ever. Worst coaches ever don't have no losing seasons and make the playoffs two out of the last Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons division. that it's kind of been one of those, like you really were hoping this season would be it because maybe this would be the, the final opportunity to go over the top. Uh, that's that's why they, everybody wanted to see this team do it. They did. I, seriously, a lot of people wanted wanted Jason Garrett to be able to do it. But there's also in-game management late in the game. That's all he's in charge of. Seriously, when, when it comes down to he is he's a CEO of a team. He doesn't call his offense. He doesn't call the defense. Kellen Moore and Chris Richard do that on either side. And his job is to, within game, manage. Or within before game, within the game, inspire. And there seems to be no inspiration. The team's playing with with a very little emotion. And then on top of that, when it comes down to the last few minutes of a game, he's calling the wrong timeouts at the wrong time, mismanaging his clock and costing his team the opportunity to get points. They can't start off well, and you can blame that on the team or you can blame that on the coach. The coach is the one getting the most of the most of the the hatred right now. And I think I think that I think the big deal is really, you know, the, 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 the management of the game when it's on the line late. That's where people are getting, have been most frustrated because early in his career, whenever he started out, it was fine because, you know, it takes some time as a head coach to learn. Well, that learning curve should have already happened. You should already be there, and those mistakes shouldn't be happening anymore. Nine points was the killer last week. Talking mm-hmm. to Corey Majors, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. And there's a situation regarding Dak Prescott and his contract that we thought would be done in the preseason, then the first few weeks of the regular season. And now it looks like a potential or inevitable franchise tag. Interesting takes from your station in Dallas. Let's uh, hear from the fans. If there's one thing you can say about Jason Garrett is that usually – He's pretty consistent. I mean, and, and you know, you think back, like, 
But consistent as being a coach. Well, the point I'm trying to make is when he's been, when they've been good, it's been pretty consistent. And when they've been mediocre, they've been consistently mediocre. Um, <laughs> I Like, that's the funny thing is, you know, you think back to like 2015, you're like, well, you keep losing games, but they're they're in it to the end. And, you know, 2017 was, was kind of similar. They had all that stuff. That's what makes this season so unusual is that, all that stuff that Garrett got all that credit for and consistency has been out the window. Because this season, in my opinion, hasn't been like any other. If I don't know what edge you're giving me on the sideline for three hours every Sunday, and I also don't see the results of your edge from Monday to Saturday, I'm kind of at a loss. If you're an agent right now, and this is the potentially $40 million quarterback, right? are you are you wanting him? He has to be honest with you. I want you him finishing go out, out the year. You've, you do? Yeah, I do. I See, do. I don't know if I, I, no, no, I kind of want to no, protect no. him. No, no, I want, I want him finishing out the year because I, as an agent, I want to show Dak doesn't miss his games, durability. You know, these are all things that you can, you can point to. You know, when it's tough, you know, good or bad, my guy's still standing there playing quarterback for you. Well, from the from the five eight five, if Dak can't hit a receiver though and can't run the ball, why play him at all? It, 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 because he gives you the best chance to win. I think to me, you know, the, it's a it's a fair point. It's a fair question, but to me, is it is it throwing the ball? Is it is it just the, is it just he's not throwing the ball well just because of the shoulder, or is he not throwing the ball because he's not good enough to throw the ball? Wow, a hot take there from 105.3, the fan in Dallas. Dak Prescott clearly banged up, but what do you make of the possibility of not playing your franchise quarterback week 17 with the postseason on the line? And secondarily, are we headed to a franchise? Um, that's that's really interesting, and I want to point out those were those were from the show, the KNC Masterpiece, and the first one was a little discussion of Dave Hellman from DallasCowboys.com with my co-host this week, Brian Broadus, who is a – He's a former scout uh, with the Cowboys. Actually, I believe he scouted Ross uh, back in the day as well. Um, so, uh, and, and Ross, you'll you'll join him later on this afternoon as uh, as uh, we uh, talk a little later on today. But the uh, the in, in, in the first part of that was Jason Garrett yesterday had said that you know all the guys that wear the gold jackets they do the things consistently they're they're consistent they're good all you know they're always doing the same things jason garrett wears the same clothes every day jason garrett gives you the same answer to the same question all the time jason garrett doesn't miss anything whenever it comes to being consistent our question is and i'm going to ask jerry this later later this afternoon when when you wear that gold jacket you not only were consistent you were transcendent you were great and and if you're and Jerry Jones has one of those jackets, Jason Garrett has lacked the ability to be great uh, as a head coach. And that's where that's where that kind of discussion started on the second part of that. When I was talking to Brian Broaddus about, you know, starting my quarterback, I don't I don't want I really want to protect the guy. If I'm thinking he's the future of this team, I do think that uh, that Stephen Jones will have the uh, the franchise tag in his pocket. Uh, as an option, I mean, I obviously want to see this quarterback with a different coach because we've gotten pretty much the same result with uh, with this coach and this quarterback. And we saw a little change with the offensive coordinator. It wasn't consistent enough, and the consistent was the word of the day yesterday for our show. But uh, the with Dak, I think that 
you know, 40 million is a little overpriced. And it was one of those situations where the Cowboys came in really low. He said, all right, fine, I'll ask for even more. And then they're going to try and meet in the middle. I think it's a decision they've already made that they want to keep this quarterback. But uh, but I, I, I'm hesitant to play him this weekend for the simple fact of, uh, it, does he give you the best chance to win? If he can't make throws, I don't know if I want him out on the field. Wow, that's uh, that is interesting to look at that, and, and and so definitely the the tag happens, right? And will he have a problem with that? I don't know why he would. I mean, you're getting paid a lot of money. Obviously, everybody wants that big time contract. I think the tag is more of a um, a part of leverage of now we have more time to negotiate some. I think a lot of the contract deals are already ready and in place. I don't think the Cowboys have, have made any other thoughts of getting another quarterback or going in another direction. And I think they've made that pretty clear to Dak and his people. Uh, but I, I don't think, I think it's just more about, Hey, let's just take a little more time. Cause I, Amari Cooper hasn't performed up to the level of the $20 million contract he wants in this off season. So they have some other decisions they have to make. Do they want to r- bring back Byron Jones to be one, you know, one of their, uh, their, corners for the next five years and how much is that going to cost them and because he's you know one of the best cover corners you can find out there so there are a lot of other decisions they have to uh, figure out with their money and maybe you know with if the uh, salary cap does go up even more over the next couple of years they kind of have to, to to see the landscape of that in order to say okay this is the appropriate price for you so i think it's more about buying themselves extra time than it is saying we only want you for one more year i think that they'll get the tag and and they'll negotiate from there. A lot of great questions for Jerry Jones this morning on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. You can listen to that on the radio.com app if you don't happen to live in Dallas. Corey Majors, lastly, uh, how do you see this going? By the way, does Dallas win and does Philly lose? I think both teams win and the Cowboys miss out on the playoffs. I agree with that situation entirely. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate it. Enjoy week 17. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Ross, one more bit of NFL news I wanted to ask you about, and that's Antonio Brown working out for the Saints today, posting the waiver he signed on Instagram, which, by the way, included a mental health uh, waiver. Interesting. He has now deleted the waiver. My question, though, is the pinned tweet to Antonio Brown's Twitter account, and he said this a lot on Instagram, is no more white woman 2020. If that was a white receiver saying that about black women in 2020, do I even have to ask the question, would that receiver ever step on a football field ever again? No, and I'm not sure. I don't believe they would, Dave. And I don't believe Antonio Brown will. I mean, maybe next year, just because he's that talented. But frankly, him even posting the waiver and then deleting it is the latest evidence that he's still not stable um, in a situation where I think you'd want to bring him on your team, especially a team as successful as the Saints. Plus, I think even if the Saints signed them, the NFL would just put him on the commissioner's exempt list right away. Probably. Yes, while they finish the investigation, which appears to be a never-ending investigation at this point. Yeah, not a guy who's in a very good place, not a guy who's surrounded by people that can tell him 
when not to do something stupid that might cost you millions of dollars. Not sure what he's learned from this entire situation. Uh, not a guy, Ross, you'd want to hire if you were looking for a wide receiver. You got that right. But if you do need to hire someone, it's not Antonio Brown. It's someone over at ZipRecruiter. Because ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, you'll find it easier to focus on the best ones. Then find the right one. In fact, I think you'll be surprised how quickly you find qualified applicants. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter. It's the smartest way to hire. All right, we're about out of time on a Friday. I got one last question for you, and there's five bowl games today, four tomorrow, two playoff games, and then week 17 in the NFL. If you could watch one sporting event this weekend, one, what is it? Wow. Um, taking all of my jobs and, and financial considerations yeah, out of it, exactly. Correct? Ohio State Clemson. Ohio State Clemson was the same answer I was going to give. So I'm going to look for number two. All right, what's number two, Dave? What's number, number two? Number two, Seattle, San Francisco, Sunday night to close it out. And that is not even – that's a 1A for me. So easily could have gone either way. So, yes, I'm going to go Seattle, San Francisco, and you take the college football playoff game. We're both winners there. Yeah, I would say three for me is the Eagles-Giants. I actually think that's going to be an awesome game. And knowing what's on the line for the Eagles, but then also what's on the line for the Cowboys at the same time, that, that's going to be kind of fun to watch. And you still too. like that one as your bet of the weekend, correct? As we close out this week, you like the Giants getting four. Yeah, for, well, last time when I when I when, last time I checked, it was four and a half, and yeah, I do. I, I like the Giants. I think that game's a true toss-up game, and even if the Eagles win, I feel like it's going to be a close game. Love the Giants getting four and a half. Okay, four. I'll give you the four and a half. I seeded four. I'm going to take Philly, and on Monday, what's the bet as we close this out? Uh, what do we? What does the loser do here? Cash? That's no fun. Is there something we could wear, something we could do uh, for the loser? Should we think about this and post it? It'll be something attire-wise uh, that we will do on Monday's show that we will figure out via text message. Okay, we'll figure that over the weekend. I am taking Philly four and a half. You're taking the Giants in your lock of the week, and we will settle this bet over the weekend, and we will pay it off on Monday. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. Follow us at RDC Home and Home at Ross Tucker NFL at Dave Briggs TV. We'll see you Monday. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.